last uh, sermon in our Do You Know Me series, so if you know anybody else that you don't know very well, you get to read about them yourself. Do your own study, right? Uh, but we've had fun with this. Epaphrath, Jethro, Naaman's wife, May, Jabez, Shifra, Pua, Baruch, Baruch, Josiah, Mephibosheth, Priscilla, Aquila, Jairus, Jairus, the second book of Acts, John, Archippus, Tychicus, and Epaphroditus. If you don't know their names by now, look them up and find out how it Next Sunday, I'm going to start a series for Thanksgiving and holiday. Uh, you see it on the front of your bulletin there. Thanks and giving equals Thanksgiving. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to put my own thoughts together toward that to help us as we honor the Lord. Thank you to the people that are involved in our lives. We're grateful for that. But today, we're going to talk about the beauty of partnership. And I've noticed as I was thinking about partnerships, I've noticed uh, that music has been filled with partnerships through the years. I went back to the 20s and 30s and 40s, again, a guy named Glenn Miller and his orchestra. I don't know about Glenn Miller, but Glenn Miller was born in Clarinda, Iowa. That's where my mom was born. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know if you know this, too, but he graduated from Fort Morgan High School. So, yeah, some people know that. Okay. Uh, how about Woody Herman and his orchestra? I heard them one time at the Chicago Women's Athletic Club. I was serving one, one time when I was a Moody Bible got Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. They were all getting together, together again. Uh, the Beatles, right? The Smothers Brothers and the Righteous Brothers. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Simon and Sonny and uh, Richard and Karen. Paul and Huey Lewis and uh, Brookson. You guys are really good. Wow, you've been around a little bit, huh? How about the Judds? I don't even know what the way their names are. So, uh, there you go. Help me out. That's good. Okay. All right. Let's take it about in the Christian realm. Uh, kind of how about Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant. Friends are friends forever. Da, 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 da. How about lately, uh, Keith and Kristen Getty, husband and wife team. Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. They're with Jesus. We'll do what they have. Okay. Really recent. Katie Nicole and Big Daddy Weave. Hold on. Rachel Lampa and Andrew Riff. Somebody new. There's just some really good musical partnerships going on right now. And, uh, well, we just had a good one too. No turning back. Oh, yeah. Okay. Phew. Nobody start singing that in the midst of everything. Okay. So I was thinking of biblical partnerships. Adam and Eve. Noah and family, Moses and, oh, come on now, you get the musical ones, you can get the biblical ones too, now come on, Joshua and Caleb, Elijah and, there you go, David and, <laughs> that would work, that would work, uh, maybe Jonathan, I don't know, okay, <laughs> I didn't have that down in my notes. That was awesome. Uh, how about uh, Jeremiah and Baruch? Jonah and the... Okay, you got that one. Good. <laughs> uh, Joseph and Mary. Jesus and the disciples. But how about the women that supported him too, right? Yeah. Paul and Silas or Timothy or Archippus or Tychicus or Epaphroditus. How about the Godhead Three? I hope you can get 
Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the biblical partnership. So I'm going to be in the book of Acts just a little bit here. So if you want to turn with me. As I was just thinking about partnerships, these are the verses that came to my mind. Starting in Acts chapter 2. chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, incredible passage about partnership, and I ask this question, will we partner and live for Jesus like this? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all. Day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's partnership. That's partnership. Will we, the Majestic family, partner to live like Jesus? A similar passage in Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 32. Same thing about partnerships. This is what I put when we partner to love people like this. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were given the testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and they were distributed each as they had any need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. just our family, but the people who are part of our lives outside the church, caring for them and being a part of their lives. The next one's Acts chapter 6. I didn't have this one originally in my notes, but when I went out for my walk on Friday, a little bit of a run, um, I just listened to the book of Acts, actually about chapter 11 or so. But as I was listening to it, this passage in Acts 6 stood out to me. It's like, oh yeah. That's an incredible partnership that took place here in Acts chapter 6. And they asked the question, will the leadership of Majestic seek to make disciples like this? Will leadership here of Majestic seek to make disciples like this? You know this passage well. Now in those days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this work. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed, and they laid them. 
disciples are made, the disciples are made. That's what we're called to be able to do. Go, therefore, into all the world and make disciples of all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I've commanded, and I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So I'm called to be able to do that. And then Acts chapter 13, another passage about partnership in the church, the church in Antioch. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifetime friend, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Partnership. They hear from the Lord. The Lord shares with them, I want you to send Paul, Saul, I want you to send them out and do the work of the ministry and be a part of that. And so what did they do? They sent them out. Ever heard the phrase, you are? <laughs> yeah. The partnership that's here, the church laying their hands on this, say, these men are called to go and to do the work of God and we're going to support them, we're going to help them. This is their home church to be able to be a part of that. Now, as we know, sometimes relationships and partnerships, they get torn apart. They break up. Sometimes difficult things happen. And we know that happens between Paul and, and Barnabas. In chapter 15, it talks about that. Verse 36. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement, so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him, and they sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. They went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Unfortunate, difficult, but God even used that to multiply the work that was going to take place as they separated themselves. But we go back to the Second Timothy, chapter four, and we talk, we read about the reconciliation of parties. There's been a reconciliation that takes place, and when those things break up, when relationships break up, and hard times come, and maybe there's a separation, certainly we need to pray for that other person, right? Pray for them, not God's judgment on them. But pray that you can bring back together, God can bring us back together. And then to make an effort to reconcile. I'm going to spend a long time on this, but those are the things we should do when a relationship breaks up, a partnership breaks up, to pray for that person, seek to reconcile. And hopefully what happens with us would take place what happened with Paul and Mark. As it says at the end of 2 Timothy, when he's writing to Timothy, he says, Luke is alone with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me. Isn't that a good word? That ought to bring a smile to your face. That ought to bring an amen to your face. I love your voice, at least, right? That's exciting. There was a breakup. The partnership broke up, but somehow God brought them together, Paul and Mark, so that Paul says... At the end of his life, he says, I need to see Mark. He's useful to me in the ministry. I need him. Bring him with me. What a beautiful, beautiful 
God work that partnership out together. Since we talked today, we're going to talk about the beauty of partnerships and that this fact, you know it well, we're better together. If you don't know it, you'll know it by the end of the sermon. All right? Say it with me. We're better together as we talk about the beauty of partnerships. Now I'm going to talk to you a little bit for the next 45, 30, 700, however minutes. I'm going to talk to you about our partnership that we have. I can't mention all the partnerships we've had through the years, but I'm going to mention to you some ones that have stood out to me. I'm going to start out by talking about our Rose Lord Baptist Association, how we're connected together with 22 churches in our area, southern Colorado, how now we're connected with about 13 churches down Highway 50 and down Highway 287 and the other areas down there that we're connected with in the Arkansas Valley Association. We're now kind of teaming together. We're partnering together to help each other out. And I want to talk about some of those things that have been significant to us as a church, but also significant to uh, me as your pastor and leader in the Roseburg Association. First one I'll talk about is this Lake Avenue Community Church. Got a little deal there. Um, Lake Avenue was a church, an American Baptist church, and they ended up closing. They gave that building money to the Road Gorge Baptist Association that we could replant a church there. Last Sunday, they had their launch. They've been meeting. Scott Godinez is the pastor. He moved down from Denver to be the church planter. They've been meeting for over a year, doing ministry, working on the building, remodeling the building. We've been there. Teams have been there. Our youth serve there. We give $200 a month as a church to help that church get they had their first service last week. They had 150 people. Now, now there's there's a little inflation in there, okay? Because three churches in our Southern Baptist or Royal Gorge Association went that Sunday to help them have momentum. They won't have as many this week. But that's partnership. Some of our churches said, we're going to go over there, and we're going to help them have a critical mass so that we can move forward with this. Man, that is so... That's partnership. And we're a part of it. We've been giving to help them support, to remodel, to help the pastor have an income so that they can start a church and they can re-engage that church. Scott is a man of incredible energy. And some of you heard him at the youth council. This was youth day for last week. So. God is... God is going to use them in a powerful way. But that's one that stands out to 
started. That's the building we started. I'm not sure we ever ended up going down there doing a mission trip. We talked about it. I don't remember if we ever got down there or not. But when we finished paying off our debt,
Seminary, a Rocky Mountain campus in Denver. Gateway Seminary was Golden Gate Seminary, right by, right by the Golden Gate, north of Golden Gate. Greg teaches there now. One of our teachers teaches there. Um, they couldn't expand because the county wouldn't allow them to expand. Uh, we sold the campus to the county uh, conservatory um, and, and uh, relocated the whole campus to the L.A. area. Amazing. Left over after all that in an endowment fund to be able to take care of things. And it's amazing what God's doing. One of it's one of our six seminaries. But we have a campus, we, we have on, we have online, you can do seminary now almost all online. Um, but you can also go in person and be a part of it. We have about 70, 80 students right now online and in person. But you could be a part of that. You could you could get a degree from them, even if you have don't have a bachelor's degree seminary work and you get a, get a certificate and you can get a degree but you can get a certificate and that's one way that you, you could grow in your walk with Jesus Christ and use what you're learning to be able to teach and help people to make disciples. Uh, you give monthly. Okay, we don't give a lot but you give monthly to their ministry. And Ted does a great guy, he does a great job. He's got 25 years there serving. God called him as an engineer. He trained to be an engineer. He came to serve
Let me read it to you. Elisha Vinson. You ever heard of him? Youth pastor of Majestic Church. Pueblo West takes about 60 youth to summer camp at Ponderosa. I just looked at this yesterday for the first time. I know it's been going on, but finally I got around to it. It's like, Elisha, do you know you're even in here? He didn't even know he was in here. <laughs> he knew they interviewed him, but he didn't know it got printed.
the Send Relief Center in Denver. We have 20 Send Relief Centers all across the United States. The values of the Send Relief community are this. The relief centers are that strengthen communities, care for refugees, protect children and families, fight human trafficking, and respond to crisis. Ours is in Colfax, it's Denver. Send Relief, Jason Tipton's a leader of great guys. Great guys. Sometimes he even comes down from Denver to be with us on our behalf. That's a place we can serve, make a difference. Part of what we give goes for to help our send relief centers. There's five international send relief centers. But they're pocketed in places where people we're a part of that. We're a part of that by our partnership through what we do together. See, because we're better together. Our international mission board, IMD partnership. There's some stats that I got yesterday. There are 8 billion people in our world today in 195 countries speaking over 7,000 languages. More than half never heard the good news of Jesus. Their focus this year is talking about is Revelation 7-9 where it talks about that every language, every tribe, every nation, every people will be democratic. Part of helping. We're all over the world. 
part of it. Many of these have to raise their support, or most of them do. And we're part of their lives because they believe what we believe. They just have a different format of how they're going to be part of it. Thank you. You're a part of it. You're part of this by your gift. It's a privilege to be able to do that. To be a part of that. My wife and I support numerous people on here, too. How God has allowed us to be a part of this. Thank you for, for what you're giving so that we can support others that, that, that aren't Southern Baptists, but they believe like we do, and they want to get the gospel out just like we want to do. Let me share with you just some of those things that kind of stick, stand out to me. First is, we're at Pueblo West High School, Pastor Elisha, Pastor CA, great ministry taking place. Two times a month, he provides lunch for those kids. Never got nine kids. Doesn't come cheap either. And he gets good deals.
give generously to other ministry opportunities that come. We hear about them, we process them, and we have the opportunity to give toward that. It's such a privilege to be here. So as I finish up, 